Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie, and I don't like to think of executing our commanders as a mission objective. My name is Matt. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. <laughs> you sure about that? No. Um, <laughs> what's the What's the line in Ghostbusters? If someone asks you if you're a god, god, you say yes. <laughs> you say yes. <laughs> When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yeah. Um, what's your quote from? That is from Hunter. Pretty sure it's talking about killing the Jedi. Is that from the Clone Wars Bad Batch episodes? No, I think it's from the. I think it's from the first season. All right. I clearly didn't recognize it, so I need to go back and watch the first season again. Well, I had, I had just like pulled up Bad Batch quotes. Ah, uh, oh, that'll do it. Well, we should really, before we get too far into it, we should probably talk about what we're doing today, since we're every week we seem to be switching animation series. But this week, welcome to 2023, everybody. We are going to review the first two episodes of Bad Batch. Season two, which is currently um, streaming on Disney Plus, we just got the third episode, so we're about a week behind. But we're playing, planning to keep up with it from now on, I think, and hopefully release one of these every week um, for a little bit. But we haven't had a recording in a couple weeks. So, did you do any Star Wars in the past couple weeks? Um, yeah, I've been playing uh, Vader Immortal. Got past the first episode. Um, I can't play on the VR headset too long because it gives me a headache and I get a little queasy. But uh, other than that, I finished up the High Republic prequel audiobook, Convergence, and I think I'm a, maybe close to halfway through of the Battle of Jeddah, which is um, performed by a full cast, kind of like the uh, Dooku Jedi Lost audiobook, so that's pretty cool. And then um, I got a early birthday present for my mother, uh, which is an Xbox Series X. So I will actually be buying uh, Fallen Order soon. Um, hopefully my sister will get it for me for my birthday, but that's asking a lot. But uh, I'll finally, you know, we were complaining um, the last episode how we, uh, we wouldn't be able to play it. And now all of a sudden uh, this Xbox has just landed in my lap which is like kind of like my parents don't normally buy stuff like that for me, even when I was a kid and I would like beg for things like this. So it's very weird. And I'm very excited to play uh, the new Fallen Order game. Yeah, I'm pretty, I was pretty excited for you and I'm a little jealous because I still don't have the new Xbox, but I don't. You, you have a, you have like a Star Wars man cave. You're going to, you're about to be the proud owner of a B1 battle droid that you can just hang out with. Um, you've got a, a almost completed R2 unit. Um, um, your dick is bigger than mine, I assume. I guess you've got a lot to be. I'm I'm jealous of you. Yeah, I I'm very I'm very blessed that my wife does not care if I buy a bunch <laughs> of Star Wars shit to fill okay. a basement. She uh, she just 
like I said, when we moved into the house, she's like, you can decorate the basement. And I showed her this battle droid this weekend, and she's like, did you actually buy that? And I said, yes. She's like, all right. She's like, I want a vacation this year. I said, we can have a vacation and a battle droid. <laughs> yes. No, she says, like, like, I need a vacation, like, away from you and your battle droid. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the subtext. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, if, do you have, do you have, uh, do you have furniture in the uh, in your uh, in your bedroom, like chairs or whatever? Yeah, we got a chair. Oh yeah, make sure to put the put the battle droid on there, and then and then she was like, Matt, it's looking at me. It's like it's an inanimate it's an inanimate object. It can't be looking at you. It's looking at me. I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm gonna put put it like a voice box in it and have it randomly speak. <laughs> put some LEDs in the light in the eyes so it yeah. lights up. Yeah, like our. Uh, we have this Vizio TV that will just randomly turn on in our bedroom. I don't know if it's performing updates or I don't know what it is. It's like weird poltergeist sort of crap where it's just like spooky. And so like I had to like get up and eventually just fumble for the power control or just unplug it. It's weird. Maybe my house is haunted, but since we're the first ones who lived here, uh, I don't, it's not like we could have, uh, like it could have been haunted by the ghost of some, lady who died here beforehand unless yeah, yeah. it's, it's, unless, it's on, unless it's on like a native american burial ground which could be i always said like when they're digging the pool i was for certain that they're going to find like bodies and then they, they would have to stop the pool and then be like and just be like just my luck i can't have anything nice i mean a pot a pot would have done it right they could have found they could have found like ceramics and have to stop the pool mm-hmm Right, but yeah, I mean it's possible. Like, there's been enough people on the planet that just about every habitable space has probably been um, a site of someone's death. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a happy thought. <laughs> I had a friend who worked in a who's a in hotel management, and she told me once that every single hotel in the United States is the site of a homicide or a suicide. That there isn't a single hotel that hasn't had a homicide or a suicide in it. And I was curious if she was being hyperbolic, but I could believe that to be the case. The second floor, uh, Hilton uh, in Austin, was, uh, the sign, uh, was the site of a murder where I murdered the carpet when I got so sick from drinking the night before I puked everywhere. And then it was still there at the end of the conference um, um, a week later. Good story. All right. That did not go over as well as I thought it would. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Chris was texting me, but... Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I will pretend that you were laughing really hard, and everybody else that was <laughs> listening was laughing hysterically. Go, if you're in the Austin area, go to the second floor where all the conference rooms are. The carpet is ugly as sin, and then if you walk around, like, you can't tell if there's puke or not. Maybe they just, like, forgot because I did it right in front of a hotel worker, so it's like there's no way it blended in. It blended into the pattern of the carpet. <laughs> the best part of that was like, like uh, standing like um, near the bank of elevators, waiting to get in, so I could I could change my shirt. And my boss is there because he had just flown in, and I'm just like I got puke all over my shirt. But he, so I'm just kind of like, kind of like just turning in weird directions, so he doesn't see the fact that I <laughs> that I'm a wreck. <laughs> um, I haven't. 
I got super drunk at a scientific conference once and got sick, but I don't think anybody noticed. So, yeah. Oh, I was one of the trainers. (laughs) (laughs) I went. So, we're sort of semi quarantined right now because my kids have COVID, but I did get to go on out with my staff because I was testing negative and my wife was testing negative and I had a pretty funny pretty funny moment with um, my staff because we went to dinner ahead of time of this tour I don't have to talk about the tour but at dinner Chrissy was lagging behind because we were waiting for a babysitter to show up to watch our COVID kids we had a mom in the neighborhood who had just gotten over COVID and she volunteered to watch our kids while we went on this tour so at dinner, I was waiting for Chrissy to show up, and I ordered a beer. Everyone else ordered wine, a cocktail, and the guy took forever to get my beer. Like, forever to return to the table. It was one of these, like, high-end, hoity-toity DC restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. The guy was just taking forever, and so the second he dropped down the drink, I ordered another drink. Mm-hmm. And he sort of looked at me funny, and I was like, like, I'll be done with it by the time you get back. Right? And I didn't mean it, like, as an insult, right? I just knew that he was busy, mm-hmm. right? And I was ordering beer, right? And so, like, I can drink beer relatively fast, and beer is relatively low alcohol compared to, like, wine or a cocktail. And so I drank the beer, and then by the, right around the time I was finishing, he came back and dropped the beer off, and I ordered another beer. We ordered <laughs> meals, and I ordered another beer at the time. And the guy's like, okay. And so my, my staff made a comment. They're like, how many beers are you going to drink? Um, like, how much are you going to drink? And I was like, oh, like it's a night off, right? I'm going to drink what I want to drink. And I made I made the joke of, like, like not counting, like, I've only, this is only three drinks, not counting all the beer I had on the drive here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and then when Chrissy, Chrissy texted that she was on her way, I ordered her a cocktail and me another beer. And then when he brought the beer, I ordered some whiskey, or just like a shot of whiskey. Because I wanted to be real sharp for this tour, mm-hmm. you know? and so I figured like four or five drinks with dinner is a good way to start like a Wednesday night tour with your staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but everything was fine. I, I was not even close to drunk, but it was just one of those funny moments where I forget that people don't know that my alternative self is a alcohol manufacturer and then i spend i spend spent months of my life like drinking a ton of alcohol and my tolerance is so freaking high that uh it would take it would take a herculean effort to get me drunk or like giving me whiskey on an empty stomach or some insane thing that sounds like a challenge <laughs> yeah well do it yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm well on my way i um after the fiasco with uh, building all the Pinewood Derby cars, um, I just decided that I'm gonna get buzzed, and I've got like I've got to use up all this the crappy Bacardi we have, so I made myself a um, like lem- um, lemonade with like mashed up strawberries and then like a shitload of Bacardi, um, so I no longer feel bad about all the crappy stuff that happened with the, the Pinewood Derby. And, uh... Well, it was my position. You shouldn't have felt bad about it to begin with, but... 
I understand why you do. Yeah. Well, anybody who's listening who has kids in Scouts or any kind of, or kids who have like some sort of like school project is like, you can, unless you're really strict, that's your Pinewood Derby car. And you, they, you're just going off of base specifications. They said, like, if you want it, like, you, if they want it, like, Splatoon or like Luigi, or if like, that's your diorama that you made for manatees, whatever. They're just they they're like they just did just enough to say that they can kind of help that that they kind of helped, but it was really like you're you you're the one that did all the work. I had at our shows and a couple of weeks ago or a couple of shows ago, um, you made a joke about um, me not doing my homework fast enough or early enough because I said I said we're recording late because I was doing eighth grade algebra homework or whatever. So I'm going to take the high road and not throw this back in your face that you procrastinated your pine, pine car derby cars. Actually, it's Pinewood Derby. No, I actually thought I had a more, another week, but um, whoopsies. That's uh, uh, that's my fault. All right. Um, yeah. So we should probably move on, but I just want to sort of reflect back your your Star Wars activity. Yeah. Oh, I also finished the. Go ahead. I'll say also. Uh, for my secret Santa gift uh, from my I guess she would be my niece um, step niece um, I got a bobble, a pop bobblehead set of um, Anakin, Yoda, and Obi-Wan from Endor and they're all blue so that's uh, sitting here in my office and, and it glows in the dark too, too so all of you who are collectors you probably know of it. It's Amazon exclusive. I'll be selling it for uh, five hundred dollars if you want it. Yeah, I haven't done the pops yet. I, no. I really can't allow myself to get into another Star Wars collection thing. Yeah, I I think she got it because they 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 told her like just just get him something Star Wars. You can't go wrong. And so it's just like, oh okay. I mean, I I have a few of them, but they're all in the boys' room. But yeah, I, I understand. There's just that's just one more thing I don't need to get into because uh, it's like uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. As far as like like really getting into something, right? I just I honestly don't don't really like the pops. I mean, a coworker gave me as a going away gift when I left my last job a box of like a set of three Ewoks bobblehead pops. And I just gave them to the boys, and they're just sitting on the shelf. I don't know what else you're supposed to do with them. Like, we actually, like, from a, like a toy collecting point of view, we play with the toys. Right? So we set up dioramas, we set up battles, we... They're in, like, a big box and, like, a pile. And I don't know what to do with the pops if we're not going to play with them. Like, we play with the Razor Crest and the Jabba's ship and all of mm-hmm. that stuff. So... So, just to reflect back your Star Wars activity, I also finished the High Republic book, and I've just started today the battle of jetta audio play i'm not very far into it um but yeah i'm building out the basement webcast studio east making it sort of a little galaxy's edge um amusement park for myself yeah i i told my wife about how i joked about 
uprooting and moving there just so I could hang out in your in your cool Star Wars basement and she was not thrilled. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I need her to have reasons to dislike me. <laughs> um, you want to move on? Yeah. Yeah, let's. All right. So like I said earlier today, um, we're covering the first two episodes of Bad Batch Season 2. They're called Spoils of War and Ruins of War. They had the original air date of January 4th, 2023. Air date, I mean streaming date. They were both released on the first day. They were basically a very long episode that they broke into. Um, it literally ends on a cliffhanger. Um, so we're going to just split up the summary. Jamie's going to go first, cover Spoils of War, and I'm going to go second, cover Ruins of War. But before we do that, I just want to highlight our two guest stars. We have a guest star for episode one and a guest star for episode two. Um, the first guest star is uh, Wanda Sykes. And Wanda Sykes plays uh, Fee Genoa, who is a friend of Sid's. Um, and we see her in the very beginning of the episodes. So it's not giving anything away there. Um, and if you don't know who Wanda Sykes is, how dare you? Yeah. Wanda Sykes is a brilliant comedian who got her start sort of um, working with Chris Rock back in the 90s. But she's one of these people that's just in everything. Um, uh, were you going to say something about Wanda? Yeah. I, every time, it's funny. Every time I think about Wanda Sykes, I think about you, actually, because there was a... Um, there's a show that she was on. I think it was called The New Adventures of Old Christine. I think that was the one yeah. she was on with uh, Julia Louise uh, Dreyfus. And there was this. There's this guy who played Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus's brother, and he remind just his mannerisms in that show remind me uh, reminded me a lot of you. Uh, and and there's one episode where like he and Wanda Sykes' character um, like start hooking up. And then just something, something happens, and then they're acting indignant about something, and he's like, "Yes, honey," and he puts her armor, his arm around her, like they're a couple and not just kind of just randomly hooking up, and then she just looks at him and just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but he's that character has always reminded me of you. All right, maybe I gotta look look him up, see how unflattering your your portrayal, your mental portrayal of me is. <laughs> Um, no, it's so actually Wanda, flattering, Wanda's, I think. All right, good. So this is Wanda's first um, um, Star Wars part, uh, at least part that she's credited in. I assume it's her, her first one. Um, and we we don't have any information about her character yet. Um, hopefully we get her backstory filled in. Um, Wanda is doing some more voiceover work. She currently is appearing as Linda in the new HBO series Belma, which is the... Um, I'll put. I'll say at this time controversial interpretation of Scooby Doo. Hmm. Um, people are not liking it um, so far, but I haven't seen it, so I'm like, I'm gonna reserve my judgment because I don't know what people don't like about it, other than they're saying Belma's too whiny. Um. Yeah. Um. And what I previously said, like, look at old older pictures. Of this actor, uh, Hamish Linklater. The the newer ones are. Maybe not as flattering. <laughs> What's his name? Amish. Uh, here, I'll I'll put it. Oh in no, this. I see him. You think I look like this guy? You, you, there's. 
Oh, there's the one picture where he's got. He looks like he just got off a bender. So, yes. <laughs> oh, I see. I yeah, I can see it. Like this. The pictures I of see, him with big muscles. No, but. Um. Yeah, I can see. I can see like older photos of him. Yeah. Yeah. I like, guess he, he he like ten years ago he looked like I looked twenty years ago. Yeah, and if you add like the beard. Yeah, for sure. You guys could be like um, related, distant distant cousins. Where people I'll... used to people used to say I looked a lot like um, um, Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind, and then Russell Crowe got fat and grew that beard, and I'm like, I see it now. <laughs> My my wife's uh, cousin, he, uh, he he's well, he was in a comedy troupe in L.A. and he's kind of like, I, I, trying to get a career going. But he would uh, in in Hollywood. And uh, when I met him, he he like tries to like deconstruct like everybody. He's like he he's trying to figure out like who I'm like. And he's like, your voice reminds me of Edward Norton. So I'm like, what are you talking about? But then the rest of the time, I'm trying to like. Am I talking like Edward Norton now? I don't know. <laughs> this is so weird. I could buy you as Edward Norton, I think. Yeah, it's uh like he, he's a little bit he's a little bit more gaunt, but yeah. It's all the Nazi tattoos. <laughs> American History X. Yeah. Um alright, it's gotta keep going. I gotta power through. Alright, so the <laughs> other the other guest star the yeah, other guest star don't have to work tomorrow, so I just like fuck. I have to edit this, though. (laughs) (laughs) On an extra special episode of (laughs) Yubcast. In the second episode, Ruins of War, there's a guest star, Hector Elizondo. Um, And this is another that if you don't know who he is, um, shame on you. But this is his first Star Wars credit. He plays Romar Adele, um, the old man in the second episode. Hopefully you've watched it. But he is one of those that guys. Um, he is in freaking everything. He was in Pretty Woman. Oh, um, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Runaway Bride, Princess Diaries. He is doing a ton of voiceover work these days in various things like Dora the Explorer. Um, um, he was in Grey's Anatomy. He He's the elderly, bald guy who's always giving the wise advice to like the young person in whatever's going on you know and he um yeah so yeah it's you like, recognize this guy oh yeah he's um he's like ed harris if he didn't like get exactly. like it get get like like starring roles but yeah this guy is definitely like a working actor you've seen him in pretty much everything and i'm not meaning this to shit on his career he's had a great career but he's got he definitely has that unlike unlike me he's still keeping his hair me i'm just like it's all gone yeah so so he's been working since the 60s right and and his his early credits are early 60s this guy is old and he's been working continuously for 5 decades he has hundreds of imdb credits and if you don't know what i'm talking about you would recognize him if you saw a photo of him yeah you've seen something with this guy in it and just scrolling through his credits, yeah, Tales from the Crypt, Animaniacs, Beverly Hill Cop 3, um, Exit to Eden, um, Aladdin. Yeah, he was a he was a 
he was a voice in Aladdin. He played someone in Gargoyles. He's done a ton of voiceover work. Um, this is just another guy you got to know. He's phenomenal in this episode. Um, and uh, this is also his first Star Wars credit, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was in an episode of American Dad too, the one where Steve goes back in time at the at the hotel. Uh, for those of you who follow American Dad, in fact, it is him. Yes, it is him. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, um, we should probably move on. Um, do you want to get into the plot summary for? Spoils of War? Sure. Okay. Okay, so Spoils of War is the first one. Okay, so the show opens up on an island. Uh, it's a tropical island. Um, this is something that was seen in the trailers. The Bed Batch spill out onto a beach carrying a box pursued by uh, gigantic crabs. Um, I, I called them lobstrosities um, based upon the, um, the monsters from the, the uh, Dark Tower series. But nice. Nice. You call them whatever. Um, Echo and Wrecker are arguing that they went over the plan, but Wrecker says that they got the package. So, as per usual, shit goes sideways, mainly because Wrecker being Wrecker. Then um, they shoot to the ship uh, where uh, Tech and Omega are waiting for them. Omega is studying various ship design. The team then calls uh, Tech for a pickup. Omega and Tech start to head that way, but the fishing line has uh, something snagged. Apparently, this is this is so Indiana Jones. There's I I didn't even th- didn't even think about it. There's these two episodes. There's a lot of Indiana Jones in this. Yeah, I mean we we're gonna get into it in a in a little bit because I know we have strong opinions about this episode. Um, I didn't even until you just said that about the fishing line. I didn't realize, but this is um, it's Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Where he, where they're, the the seaplane is like fishing while he's running to it, to it, and he and he has to like throw the fishing line away. Yeah, but that's perfect. And we're and there's super obvious Indiana Jones references later. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. This is a perfect Indiana Jones thing. And like I said, I don't want to get into our feelings about the episode right now, but I do I do like that this is this is the scene that they open with because it's just illogical action. There's no backstory. There's no explanation of what the hell's in that box or why the crabs are chasing them. It's just like, oh, this is what they're doing, right? This is this is their job now. They're monster of the weaking their way through life. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah. random mission. Yeah, these big crabs, they kind of remind me of the... Not, um, not as big as it, but the crab from Moana... Um, just they're about the maybe about two, three si- times the size of um, um, maybe Wrecker, I guess. So, anyways, uh, so they got something snagged. So, Tech says to release the line, and the crabs attack the ship. They're wrecking the ship, and Omega slides down the fishing line to engage the armored crabs. They pursue her as the Havoc Marauder escapes. Omega shoots a crab with her bow and grabs onto the ship. The Bad Batch calls the ship, asking where they are, and they see Omega hanging from the line. Tech calls it an unscheduled study break, and they all escape. Ever notice how hard it is to get rid of crabs? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, um, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Uh, contrary to my bragging, I am. I, I was not what you would consider a ladies' man. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Hold up. Let me op- let me update my dossier in my mind about you. <laughs> I, I, I know this is going to come a sh- as a shock to a lot of people listening, but someone who was obsessed with Star Wars for most of their life wasn't exactly a hit with the ladies when it came time to go out drinking in college. So, so just so pause the episode, and when the room stops spinning, hit play again. <laughs> Sorry for the low, low brow joke. We can keep going. <laughs> low brow jokes are the only kind of brow jokes I like. Other than unibrow jokes. Back at Sid's, um, AZ is bartending. He tells the team that Sid is waiting for them, and she's unhappy. A new person is in the room with Sid. The woman asks if if these are the clones on the run from the Empire. I mean, I don't know what gave it away, other than the fact that they are wearing clone armor that they have painted yellow accents on instead of red. So, uh, Sid calls her Fee. Now, this is uh, Wanda Sykes' character. Fee criticizes how different they are and hits on tech. Fee bows out and she tells Wrecker to follow her. Fee tells Sid that the intel is not free and she is owed if they make enough money. Uh, Sid tells the team that they are headed to the Outer Rim. So, this is the only scene that we have with Fee and Wanda Sykes. And I just want to say that um, for as little as few lines as she has in this show... Um, she's hilarious. She spends her entire dialogue dunking on the show, right? She's like, this one's too big. This one's too small. This one's whatever is going on with your face. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, Oh, you're cute. (laughs) Right. And then she just, then she just tells record to go with her because she needs him to carry the box. And everyone just sort of looking, no explanation of who this woman is. And they just are like, okay. Right, she just yeah. owns. She just owns the room, and she's just so arbitrarily cruel to them. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 just kind of like a standard. I don't want to say, you know, it's not like cliche, but just like the the bossy, large and in charge woman. For some reason, she thinks that the the weak, nerdy guy is the hottest one out of all of them. Yeah, it's like a reverse um, makeover movie, right? <laughs> It's not I don't like, know, out, of, out of the group, I would text someone I would fuck. Yeah, I mean, glasses, receding hairline, all, all sorts of useless information. Are you trying to convince? Are you trying to talk me out of it or into it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like you've got a machine that can like make one cartoon character come alive, so you can have sex with it. Um, is it going to be? Um, I don't know, Bell or uh, Tech. Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's my red, or that's Seba- my red thing. Or Sebastian. I'm Sebastian. a Sebastian kind of guy, but that's that's how I roll. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so Sid projects um, a hollow of Dooku's palace. And Tech immediately recognizes it. Omega doesn't know who Dooku is. Um but apparently the Empire is unloading Dooku's war chest and the Bad Patch are going to steal some of it. Hunter says it's too risky. He tells Sid that they won't take the mission. 
Echo, Tech, and Wrecker all decide that they want to go on the mission. Hunter repeats that Sereno is occupied. Sid says the value is too great to ignore. So, this... I'm trying to think of what this kind of rem- reminds me of. This sort of this sort of heist. Where, like, uh, maybe like Three Kings... It's it's three kings. It's the Italian job. It's like the the last job you'll ever have to do, sort of heist, right? Mm-hmm. It's it is a cliche in its in and of itself. But it literally the lead up to this is like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, right. It's it's all of these people who don't want to do this, but they're like, okay, but we can we can rob a casino and and get clean hundreds of millions of dollars. And we'll never have to do anything again. But, right, it's it's the temptation's too great, right? When they should just be buying lottery tickets to try to win that $1.3 billion lottery. <laughs> Someone did win that, though. Mm. Well, you know it's not us because we're recording this right now. <laughs> I don't know. If I won the lottery, I think all I would do is record this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, just, just not do anything else. I I would, but I would I'd be gone for a little bit as I go, go into hiding because I don't think my state is a state that uh, allows you to be anonymous. Right. Because last thing I need to deal with is weird cousins that I never met before asking for money. Anyways, I digress. So Sid says the payout. Uh, Sid's uh, sorry. Sid says. Uh, ugh, ugh. Sid says that they need the payout since the Empire is expanding. This will be enough to pay off anything and they can be free. And um, they say, like, well, we are already are free. And, like, and Sid's like, are you really? Yeah, they're, they're not free. Yeah. They're in hiding. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're still wearing the same. And this is just one of those Star Wars things or I guess, like, like pretty much like most sci-fi or fiction. This is like consider changing your outfits. That's that's like hiding out 101. Get your get your skull face tattoo removed. Uh, sorry, Hunter considers Omega and then agrees to do the mission. Tech confronts Hunter, tells him that they can do better things with the money. They can help fund the resistance to the empire. Hunter says that they're trying to make this money for Omega. Tech says they that they live like this because of Omega and that won't change. They need to put these resources where it will make the most sense. Omega's Little League team uh, dues cost a lot of money, and they need to pull off this heist. And, but, and, I mean, I do I do like that they're introducing that there's a little bit of dissent in the group. Mm-hmm. Right? The hunter basically says, like, we're going to do this, and the group gets together, or we're not going to do this, and the group gets together and says, actually, we do want to do this. And Hunter's like, fine, we can use the money for Omega, and, text, and um, Echo's like, no, we should probably use the money for something good. Right? We don't... <laughs> We don't need, we don't need, like, nothing's going to change with our situation with Omega. We need, we need to join the fight. Mm-hmm. We need to go deeper into this not and stop hiding, because there's no, there's no path back for them. There's no path to a normal life, no matter how much money they have. Right. So, I like this. I like that there's this tension building in this group. I, I like Hunter's character, but it's just like, I guess they did it last season, where it's like, like, he's, he's not infallible. He can make bad decisions and fuck up too like he got he got his ass handed to him by Cad Bane exactly and 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 it's it's important to show this because it gives them an opportunity for growth it gives them an opportunity to rebalance the power in the team 
I love it. I, I, I really like this part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the ship lands on Sereno. The team has to go through a mountain range to reach the city. They work their way through the city. Um, and the city is just it's just been demolished um, due to uh, Imperial orbital bombardment. So it's it's just a wreck. The Imperials uh, nuked it from over it because it was the only way to be sure. Uh, so pretty much it was the same deal that happened on Camino. They observe the war chests being loaded into cargo ships. There are clones overseeing the shipments and V-wings escorting the cargo ships. Now we should mention that it's not you know when you think war chest, it's not a that's just kind of uh, metaphorical. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is huge. This is those big cargo container ships that we see in Rebels in an episode of Rebels. There's hundreds of containers. Yeah, they're like, like yeah, they're they're pyramid sized like like um, like tugs. Exactly. Um, that are just have like hundreds of real cars attached to them. Um, so it's not just a chest. It's just they're just pretty much just. When they say war chest, it means that they're just they're just looting everything in that uh, they're looting everything that um, Dooku owned, which is quite a lot. Which kind of makes that's a, that's a, another reason probably why Dooku was chosen because because he's rich. Yeah, yeah. There, I'm sure there's other, other Jedi that could fall to the dark side and be more powerful than him. But how many of them? were like insanely wealthy the team breaks up hunter stays as a lookout and as a distraction the rest of the team goes to steal from the containers they they time the patrol so they can get into one container tech ecker wrecker and omega enter a container uh wrecker ends up stunning a clone um they know that they have to steal from the war chest before it's his supposed check-in and in the meantime a hunter sets some explosives on some v-wings uh, let's see. In the shipping container, there's chests full of uh, credits and jewels. Um, this is uh, the whole thing reminds me of like the room of requirement from Harry Potter movies, where it's just like it's just stuff everywhere. Yeah, you don't get a scale. You don't get a sense of the scale of what they're hauling away. But the one container we get to see inside, there's just dozens of it looks like Footlocker sized chests, right? Just like a regular sized chest but i think tech opens one and it's just piles of money and then omega opens one and it's just credit chips and jewels like diamonds and i think they're just trying to tell us like he just had a shit ton of money like, mm-hmm. it's like it's like saddam who's like stumbling upon like saddam hussein's pile of like 20 million dollars right and like those stories from like the iraq war where they would go into a room and there'd just be tens of millions of u.s dollars piled in piles and it's like, okay, so this is just what you were doing? Like, you were hoarding money for some reason? Okay. I can't imagine. Like, like back in the, back in, like, the good old days, guys just stole shit. Um, but you can't get away with that sort of stuff anymore. Or maybe not, and maybe it's just more difficult, but, like, all of a sudden, there's, you just walk into, like, like, what looks like, 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 all the money Heisenberg ever made in Breaking Bad, and you're just like, and then you just, and then I don't know. Do all your, do all you guys think like, huh? It's weird that there was a fire just in this room. I mean, it would be it would be hard, honestly, right? And I think we're relatively ethical people, but that money doesn't belong to anybody, mm-hmm. right? It's it's stolen, right? And 
I bet all of that money was destroyed by the U.S. government because for not to like my shitty understanding of economics, um, paper money is a liability to the government. And if they recover paper money from seizures in foreign countries, they typically burn it right? because they want to reduce the total number of N1 out in the market. So um, I assume all that money ended up in an incinerator someplace. It might not have ever left Iraq, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Try to explain that to somebody when you show up with $100,000 in 20s and you're some fucking lieutenant. Oh, no, it's going to be like... <laughs> Like it's gonna be some fucking E two E two E three that somehow has his fucking charger paid off, like <laughs> instead of like having like the the like the thirty something percent uh, interest rate. <laughs> like what this is the thing is paid for? All right. <laughs> Technical <laughs> sergeant, how did you pay for this? <laughs> you're <laughs> all right. All right, private, you're going in to see the major because you obviously stole this money. Okay. 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 So, um, so in the shipping container, there's just chests full of credits and jewels, like you said. And Tech says Dooku's fortune comes from his exploitation of the worlds he controlled. So, now this is something I didn't really think about all that much. Uh, is that like that he pretty much like all the um, separatist worlds that he probably just like robbed them blind. The it's hinted at the heroes in both sides of the Clone Wars, so that the Separatists are just regular people too. It's very likely that they got somehow wrangled into it through Dooku or corruption, random politicians, whatever, and they just had all of their um, the treasures just taken and I mean, didn't really yeah, have a say. There's always that. There's always that, that that threat about any sort of like global politics. It's like the people on the ground aren't the ones that started the war right mm-hmm. it's some it's some dipshit politician who thinks that it's a it's good politically to start a war oh yeah right? that's what that's why russians are defecting um from the russian army and that's why like you can people are very quick to switch ideologies right because yeah. they, they don't have any ownership over it mm-hmm. yeah listen to the song war pigs yeah. but the like it's just like the, uh, like, like look at all the gold, uh, in Buckingham Palace. That all that gold uh, and jewelry isn't. Uh, it didn't come from England. Let's just say that. Yeah, they're not done looking at it. They'll give it back <laughs> when they're done looking at it. It's a, it's a British comedian James James Castor's joke. Um, he says that. Uh, he's, he says. Here's a plaque describing how important this thing is to your culture. Um, we put it in the museum so everyone could look at it. We'll give it back when we're done looking at it. We're not done. We're not done looking at it. I've been so confident all them countries when they ask for their stuff back. Just walking up to Britain, saying to their friends, wait in the car, don't even need you. <laughs> Be back in a jiffy, mate. Hey, man. Uh, a while ago, a lot of your ancestors stole loads of stuff from my ancestors. Yeah, I'm here to take them home. Let's write this wrong. What do you say? They must have thought the British person at the door was going to go, absolutely, you can have them back. We stole them, after all. But instead, we went, I don't think so. (laughs) We're still looking at it. (laughs) 
Okay, all right, so the clone commanders try to hail the unconscious clone. Tech and Echo contact Hunter, who detonates the bombs on the V-Wings as a distraction. Wrecker takes the chest out of the container. The clones try to understand what's going on. Uh, they decide to secure the cargo so the container's uh, shut with uh, Tech, Echo, and Omega inside. Hunter and Wrecker are on the outside, and the ship takes off, and the clones are closing in on the Bad Batch. Bad Batch uses stun blasts, but the clones are using regular blasters. Uh, Wrecker uh, gets under the ship while it takes off with Hunter, but they cannot hold on. They drop onto the top of a building. Hunter tells Omega that they need to get off the ship uh, before they jump into hyperspace. Tech says that they will make their way to the escape pods. Everyone agrees is the best course of action, and Hunter and Wrecker will head back to the Marauder. No, eventually Hunter and Wrecker are being pinned down by the clones. Yeah, this whole this whole sequence is when I don't I don't know what their plan exactly was. I guess it was to like carry that chest all the way back through the forest, back to the ship, and not get detected. Once they detonate the bombs, it seems very unlikely that that's going to be the case. It seems like now now it's like a survival mission rather than like a theft. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't like the plan. It doesn't, doesn't feel like a plan at all. Right. It's like, like we're just going to walk in and grab it and then leave. I'm like, all right, we need a distraction. All right. Now we got to fight our way out. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you gonna, like what, what exactly was your plan? And they're like, Oh, now we're trapped on the ship. We're going to go to the escape pods. Right. And we'll see that that doesn't exactly go as planned either. But anyway, I just, I just found this part very, frustrating you know or should say when they heard about the job all they said is you son of a bitch i'm in and didn't really plan exactly exactly so uh on the transport tech is navigating them to an escape pod hunter and wrecker find themselves in dooku's office and a firefight breaks out they hunker down in the alcove around uh, dooku's computers and uh like a lot of the cones are pursuing them now back on the ship omega and the team are pinned down a clone reports that they are that there are intruders on the transport so the clones, being smart, eject all the escape pods. So there's no way out for them anymore. Omega points out that the car containers themselves must have thrusters so they can escape by ejecting uh, all the containers. This is kind of a callback to her studying all the schematics of various ships. I do like I do like her improvised plan here because it is such a fuck you plan. Because I love, I love that they eject the escape pods because they're like, now you've got nowhere to go, right? Now you're trapped here. We're going to get you. We know where you are. You're not going to escape. And their their backup plan is um, we're going to unhook all the rail cars. Yeah. Yeah, this this <laughs> reminds me of the, the episode of Mandalorian with um, with uh, the, the Mandal- uh, Mandalorians with uh, Bo-Katan. I think it's called the Eris, where the, the one Imperial officer is like, like he thinks he's like smart because he's he's trapped them in a he's trapped the Mandalorians in a in a room a room that has the controls to open up the right the the hangar bay and like and then they all get sucked out <laughs> right no that's a good that's a great callback that's exactly what happens here she just like you're like we'll just unhook all the cargo it's like that is an insane plan and hilarious. <laughs> So back in uh, Dooku's office, Hunter and Wrecker are pinned down. Hunter tries to engage the lift from the office. Uh, it's jammed, so Wrecker does what Wrecker does and jumps up and down on it until it breaks and the two of them fall into the shaft. Back onto the transport ship, Tech, Echo, and Omega are in a firefight until they get to a control panel and initiate a car- 
<clears throat> sorry, initiate a cargo dump. Uh, they get into a container, and then all the containers are released and fall back towards Sereno. Uh, the boosters don't fire, and they're in free fall. The boosters and the container do not fire. Yeah, so there's there's this dialogue where they're saying, like, when, do, when are they supposed to fire? And she's like, I think they should have fired by now. And they just show them falling back, falling back toward, the, toward the planet, literally in, like, one of those shipping containers. Yeah, and th- this reminds me... Um, a bit of the like we, we we consider like the bad batch the a team of star wars but like in the a team in the a team movie um which was it was all right um they escape a um a crashing ship by like jettisoning a tank and um and as it's got like the parachute coming down they use they use the tank's main gun to push them in different directions that they want to go. Um, I don't think I've seen the A-Team movie, but that is a cool visual. I will watch it. Yeah, it's it's got some cool stuff in it. It's don't expect your life to be changed by it. Don't oversell it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... Let's hold our let's hold our thoughts about the show until the we do the whole thing because it's it is just one long episode. That's I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean Bradley Cooper plays face. I mean that's all you got to say. And Liam Neeson is plays Hannibal, which is kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So episode two: Ruins of War. Uh, the container is in freefall. All the containers are in freefall. We see them all sort of just trailing off of this ship. Um, Tech, Echo, and Omega are being tossed around inside. Omega keeps saying the booster should engage soon, but they do not, and they are not in con- they are not in control of the container. Sorry, the boosters do engage, but they are not in control of the container. It is basically slowing down their fall, but they can't steer it. Um, back with Hunter and Wrecker, they're still trying to get to the ship. Hunter says they have to repel down the side of a tower. Hunter asks Tech for their status. Tech says that they're crashing in the upper forest region of the planet, giving them very little information about their actual situation. The container is descending very quickly. It hits the ground and sort of skids to a halt on the edge of a cliff. It is overhanging. It's that basically like the car is halfway off the cliff, mm-hmm. teetering. It's, it's always amazing how people always land on the edge of a cliff. In entertainment. Yeah, that's that's how gravity works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Check. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, as a kid, I thought that I would be stuck, like, teetering on the edge of um, cliffs a lot more in my adult life. That and like encountering quicksand. Yeah, um, we're gonna go visit Morocco um, <laughs> soon, and I can't wait to get in a, a chase where I have to jump from terracotta building terracotta building (laughs) (laughs) right um in a marketplace um so echo or tech reports that they're alive and echo says the empire is going to come for these containers hunter gives them the instruction to lay low and they'll come get them yeah um as they hang up with hunter the container shifts and falls down a cliff um and so now the it basically tips 90 degrees and so it was sort of laying like a container lays now it's laying on its side um as it falls a crate falls over and crushes tech's leg it is broken now they're vertical and hanging on a cliff 
Echo goes to survey their situation and sees that they are only partially down the cliff and they're in risk, they're in danger of continuing to fall. All right, so the clones are discussing, the clones who work at work on the war chest program are discussing what happened with the cargo ships and they're sending out search teams um, to get the containers. Um, they think the two from the palace are hiding in the ruined city and they're planning to flush them out. They're going to basically encircle the city and squeeze them out. Back at the crash site, Echo and, Ome Echo and Omega draw Tech out of the container. Tech is tied to a rope and they're just dragging him up the cliff. So now they're out of the container. Tech is safe. Omega wants to go back into the container to get the money. And Echo says, no, their orders were to hide and lay low, and they have no time to recover cash from the container. They need to get out of there, because they know that the clones are coming. We're going to be cutting back and forth in between these two a lot, because um, they're happening simultaneously, and they build tension in the show by cutting back and forth. So in the ruins of the city, Hunter and Wrecker are trying to find cover, but gunships are dropping off troops, Hunter knows that they're going to be monitoring comms channels, and so Hunter tells everyone to go radio silent. Omega thinks, back with Omega and Tech, um, Omega thinks they're being followed, and she spots an old man named Romar. He is not a soldier, he's just dressed in civilian clothing, and he is portrayed as elderly. They discuss who he is, and whether or not he's working for the Empire. There's this funny exchange... Are you working for the Empire? And he says, are you working for the Empire? Um, it's a nice moment of levity. <laughs> um, but they basically agree to help. They they, basically, they almost force him to help them, but he does agree to help them. They head off to his domicile. Um, back with the clones, they're sending teams out to locate all of the containers. And they want to secure the city perimeter and commence a radial sweep to box in Hunter and Wrecker. Hunter and Wrecker know that they're surrounded, and they have to break through the lines, but they only have smoke bombs. Um, Hunter sees some old decommissioned, or like old damaged Separatist tanks, and he and Wrecker think that they can probably use those tanks to assist in their escape. I do want to point out, at this point, I didn't put it in the notes, but at this point, during all of the firefighting, the clones are shooting at Bad Batch with blasters, and Bad Batch is returning fire with stun blasts. And they they don't they don't fire back with any sort of lethal force. Um, that changes. Yeah, with a few exceptions. <laughs> well, it gets it gets really bad, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, I don't think they've used any lethal force. Um, back at Romar's house, um, the house is very simple. Uh, Romar explains his political position briefly. He basically says that that Sereno existed before the war, and and it all got everyone got caught up in it. Um, Omega Omega keeps pushing to go back to the war chest. Romar basically says that chest is cursed, that um, Dooku's quest for power destroyed this world and dozens of other worlds. He just wants the Empire to take the chest and leave, and he wants the Bad Batch to leave too. Basically, he's like this curmudgeon. He's like, like, war is bad, empire is bad, everything's bad. Just take the shit and go. Mm -hmm. Everyone should just leave us alone because everything was better before the war. Omega keeps pushing it, and Echo tells her that her mission is to keep an eye on Romar. Um, just stick with him. We're going to wait it out. 
Hunter's coming. Hunter and Rick are coming. They're going to have the ship. We're going to get the hell out of there. They're down a man, too. Keep keep emphasizing that Tech is has a broken leg. He can't move. Like mm-hmm. He's severely disabled right now. So back with Hunter and Wrecker, they're trying to activate these tanks, but they are dead. The clones are closing in on their location, and they're running out of options. Back to Romar. Um, Omega's keeping an eye on him, as instructed, and Romar knows that he's not fun to watch. He gives Omega a kaleidoscope. Um, one of those little things you look in with the internal reflection, and she's like looking into it, and She's really blown away by this. She doesn't quite understand what it is, and Romar tells her it's a toy. Yeah, I, when I saw this, she's like, Jules! I'm like, really? It looks like a kaleidoscope to me. And then it's like explains that it's kaleidoscope. It's like, oh, yeah, she's led a really sheltered life, so she wouldn't know what a toy is. Yeah, it made me feel really sorry for her, right? In like a, in like a war orphan sort of way, where it's like you have all of these weird skills, but you don't there's like no joy in her life right and Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know it's like it's like showing a kid a yo-yo and like blowing their mind you know it's like this is this is a very mundane thing it's it's literally glass in a tube Mm -hmm. right and you're blown away by it maybe maybe really feel really sorry for her like the parent in me is just like just get her goddamn toy guys like like what are you doing Mm mm-hmm all right, so Tech and Echo are arguing. Um, Tech and Echo are arguing about what the Empire is doing and how they should be pushing back more. Romar asks, Romar asks Tech to borrow a tool to fix an old data core. Tech calls it a Separatist archive, but Romar calls it a Serenian archive and points out that they had an identity prior to the war. Tech says he will fix the data unit. This is like his personal computer. Yeah, yeah, and I like to say. That- that not everything is um, that's stored in Star Wars is some sort of technical specs or something pertaining to military, whether plans, stuff like that. It's just this is just like maybe his just his MP3 collection. Exactly, like he just wants to get back to his iTunes library, right? Yeah, it's just like he want, he's trying to he's trying to um, preserve some of Serenian uh, the Serenian. I guess that's is that right? Uh, yeah. Culture, because um, it has their version of their history of like literature and fine arts and all sorts of stuff on it. I mean, like that—that's the noble way to look at it. But also, he just wants his stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He just wants—he just wants to be able to read a book, right? I mean, maybe he just wants his NFTs. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> NFTs are on there. Yeah, that's why he doesn't really want the actual gold he wants the he wants his nfts yeah he he's got he's got like all these uh poorly xerox pamphlets about how the federal reserve is is a bad idea and now (laughs) there's going to be a collapse due to um debt and and he's got all these uh dooku dooku images of him dressed up as like a cowboy and These are valuable. Yeah, and you can text, have all the credits you want. Yeah, text like, "What are you doing, bro?" The uh, the Dooku coin, uh, Dooku coin NFT that uh, that crashed about a year ago. He's pretty, he's pretty cut off. All right, I'm gonna keep going. All right, back in the city, Wrecker and Hunter are under fire. Wrecker wants to get to the other tank. Uh, he pulls out a power supply and uses it to power a cannon. Record record proceeds to shoot down a V-wing, and then he fires on the infantry. So much for a stun. 
this is where they switch from being nice to being completely destructive. Yeah. For some reason, um, Hunter is still using stun, but Wrecker literally has a cannon for an arm. Yeah. Now, and he is just blowing shit up. Yeah, it's like uh, if you're if you're a grunt, they'll sh- they'll stun you, but if you uh, excuse me, sorry, if you're a pilot or uh, happen to be uh, the crew of a uh, a some sort of uh, vehicle, you're fucked. Exactly. If you set if you set foot on a speeder, they're gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're running around and and on your feet, um, everything's fine. All right, back with Romar. Tech shows him the fixed data unit. Romar is very excited. Um, Tech is nonplussed. He just doesn't care. This is like like Romar is excited that he can get to his porn again. <laughs> um, Echo comes in and asks where Omega is. Um, Tech didn't notice that she left. Uh, Good job parenting. Yeah. I mean, it's around here somewhere. Um, Tech suggests that she went after the war chest. Echo goes after Omega. Tech cannot because he has a broken leg, um, but he says he's going to hobble after. Omega is at the container um, getting ready to rappel, rappel down to get the credits. Um, back with Wrecker and Hunter. Hunter says they're close to the ship. Wrecker's getting tired. He fires the cannon back at the clones pursuing them. I should point out that they've completely lost the chest at this point. Like they, I don't think I put that in the notes, but they're not dragging this chest of credits anymore. They have no payoff right now. Yeah. Um, uh, back at the container, Omega's inside. The clones show up on speeders. Um, they've, they've tracked the container to that location. Echo shows up and sees Omega down in the container. And now the clones are there, and Echo tries to repel down, but the line is severed by the clones shooting at them. And... Echo is Echo falls into the container. He's upset at Omega that she's been focusing on the war chest, but she is like gold fever level obsessed with the chest. Like she just wants the money. Yeah. Um, the clones call in for support because they've located the thieves. Um, Tech shows up, like sort of doing an army crawl because he can't put weight on his leg, and he gives support by firing stun blasts at the clones. And he draws basically their attention and fire. So the clones turn on tech and start firing against him. In the city, um, the clones call in an air support strike to try to end the battle. Wrecker and Hunter have finally made it back to the ship. They start to take off. Hunter requests tech's coordinates so they know where they are. So radio silence is broken. They head there. They head that way, but they're immediately under attack from V-wings. Um, this is another scenario in which you get to kill clones. You get to shoot down B-Wings. Back with Tech. He's under attack. The clones go around the tree. Tech is hiding behind, but Tech overpowers him and stuns the clone, manning the repeating rifle. Um, for the moment, everything is clear. Um, in the shipping container, Omega has a bag full of credits and jewels. The container shifts, and Omega falls, dropping the bag. Echo tells her that she needs to go, and Echo says the war chest is not important. Omega throws back Echo's previous comment in the last episode, how they don't have a normal life because of her, and this is the way out. Echo tells her that she needs to let it go, and they head up as the container falls. They jump from the container onto the cliff as it falls to the bottom. Yeah. This is this is in our conversation, our initial conversation about this. This is where I pointed out this is the Indiana Jones moment. Yeah. This is uh, this is uh, Elsa reaching for the Grail, 
and uh, Indy can't hold on to her, and he tells her to let it go. And then Indy doing the exact same thing with Dr. Jones um, a minute later, mm-hmm. where, where he grabs Indy, and he says, I can almost reach it. And Dr. Jones says, let it go. Like, let it go. It's not important. So now they're hanging on the side of the cliff. Romar shows up to help Tech. Um, Tech is relieved. The gunship, a gunship shows up, and Romar grabs a repelling cable and ties it to a speeder. Tech throws it down to Omega and Echo, who are hanging on the wall, and they start to climb up when the gunship opens fire. Tech grabs the repeating rifle and shoots down the gunship. It crashes into the cliff in a sort of comically huge explosion. Well, gold is explosive. Yeah, gold is very expensive. <laughs> so a speeders, so a speeder shows up. Um, a bunch of clones on speeders show up to secure the thing, and Tech uses the rifle to destroy the speeders. But when he does this, um, the speeder with the repelling cable tied to it uh, is damaged due to a collision, and it starts to slip forward. And so Tech, sorry, Echo and Omega start to fall down the cliff because they can't because the speeder is no longer fixed in location. Romar runs up to the speeder, gets on board, and takes control and pulls them up. Um, Right now, the Havoc Marauder shows up, and Romar, and they basically load up. They say, that's our ride. we got to get out of here. Romar gives Omega the kaleidoscope and says he's staying behind. Obviously, this is his home. On the ship, Wrecker admires his cannon that he kept. Omega plays with the kaleidoscope. And Echo walks up to her. Omega apologizes for the war chest, meaning apologizes for not getting the war chest. She's still not having any awareness of what's going on, really. Echo explains that it was a good thing they chose to protect Omega than to stay with the Empire. Otherwise, they would be fighting for them instead of against them. So there's like, like a nice like come-together moment for the, the squad again. Now we cut away to sort of this epilogue. Um, we're back with Rampart, who hasn't been in this episode at all, um, and he's getting debriefed by a clone about the attack on Sprino. He tells the clone that he wants to address some inaccuracies in his report, mainly that his report states that Clone Force 99 were the thieves on Sereno. Rampart says that's not possible because he wrote a report that they died on Camino. Rampart tells the clone to change the report and exclude Clone Force 99 from it. The clone says he will not falsify a report. Rampart pulls out a gun and says, don't worry, he'll falsify the report himself. And then he kills the clone. Ah, good old fascists. Yep. Can't let the truth come out. Yeah. I guess we have a pretty long recording already, so let's just get into it. Um, Did you like it? Um, On first viewing, no. Now, I I don't mind it so bad, but when I first saw it, uh, sorry, I was kind of just kind of like, that that was it. Yeah. So when we first when we first had our conversation about it, I liked it more than you the first time. Sounds like you're you're growing to appreciate it. No, I, I didn't say I appreciate. It. I just said that's why I don't actively hate it. Right. So I've I've seen a lot of criticism of this episode online, and people have basically said you can skip it, and it's because there's really there's really no consequence to it. It is a monster of the week episode. Like I said, when they're fighting the crabs in the beginning, um, <laughs> with their special shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that was that was there's no context to, to that mission and there's they give us context for this mission but the mission's a complete failure yeah like they don't they don't get anything out of this except a broken leg yeah this is this is the kind of like the uh, the like uh, yet another uh, Indiana Jones reference at the end of Raiders he his whole journey was pretty much pretty much pointless the the end result would have been the same except a lot more people got killed and sorry the only difference is that he and Marion kind of got back together and he maybe had some like philosophical or religious understanding about things and maybe a little I mean, he, more hatred really towards did. the government i don't know yeah he really he really didn't though like like there's a there's a legitimate criticism of Indiana Jones and Raiders saying that he was not necessary for that. Like everything would have ended up the same if he was in the movie or not. Um, and I think that's a little, little bit of a silly like nerdology like yeah, yeah. and that, and that like fucking monkey, yeah, the fucking monkey would still be alive. They wouldn't have had to poison the dates. There you go. Yeah, and that's sort of like this episode. Um, I defended it to you a little bit because I said. I don't want I don't want the series to be this. I don't want them to go on like mission after mission and have it be meaningless episodic television. And the fact that it blew up in their face so miserably and that Hunter was pushing against it in the beginning and was proven correct um, probably means they're not going to do this. And we have seen the next episode and it is not this format. Mm-hmm. And and we don't have to we don't have to talk about that because we're going to record a whole show about that when you don't have the hiccups. But <laughs> but I'll I'll say I'll say that that I liked it because it's new Star Wars. But I I agree with your criticism and everyone's criticism that this is not a story that mattered. Yeah, that this is this is just seeing characters we know do crazy shit, and none of it mattered. I can appreciate that. Like- Sorry, seeing Sereno, seeing the Empire, like, stealing Dooku's Cochrane collection. Um, the, like, the Ramar, like, talking about, like, the culture of Sereno, that it, Dooku stole a lot of money from them and everybody else. And that, um, and the introduction of, like, um, one of Sykes' character, Pre. Fee, yeah, fee, fee, yeah, just like like little things saying like yeah, you guys aren't free, um, but yeah, I didn't. It was just like uh, I felt the same, well, not the same, but close to the same way I felt when walking out of episode seven after I saw it uh, opening night, where all right, where I was just like, oh man, like I got to reevaluate my life because I've like put way too much way too much hope and way too much energy into like this thing and it's it let me down in a big way right actually it was when i was getting ready for a recording i was thinking about our conversations that you and i had the day after the force awakens came out and i was like i was like it's not quite that bad because you did come around on force awakens um after you went and saw it with the boy the Mm -hmm. next day and things and you just had you had a bad theater theater experience and you were expecting Luke to be in it and all this other stuff right and and once all of that expectation was stripped away you came around to it but I understand the criticism this episode I do I I like all the things you pointed out right I like going back to Dooku's place I like 
I really like that little epilogue with Rampart, and I know you like that part too. Yeah, no, that's cool because it's that's how uh, regimes, fascist regimes, like the Empire works. Like, you don't get ahead because you're competent. You get ahead because you ask kiss, you destroy your competition, and you just appear competent. Right, and you, you bury your mistakes, or you push them off on other people. Mm-hmm. Right, and we're starting, we'll get into this in the next episode, too. We're starting to answer the question that you want the answer to. Where are the clones? What happened to the clones? And Rampart had no problem shooting that clone. Mm-hmm. For for being mildly insubordinate, basically for not agreeing to participate in a crime with him, right? To, to lie to the official record, which is how it would be put in my trial if I did it, right? That you lied to the official record of the government. So, like, he just pulled his gun out and shot the guy for not wanting to participate in that crime. And I think we're going to get a lot, I'm hoping we get a lot more of that in this season everything else all being equal they should have had some reflection by the bad batch basically to say that sucked we're not doing this anymore Mm -hmm. right we we don't have to do what sid says we don't have to take these shitty missions i'm glad they didn't like make hunter throw it back in their face and say like i told you so right because he could have but I'm glad they didn't do that. But still, like, there there should have been some reflection to give us some some sense of what this season is going to be. Because this is not, this is just Monster of the Week. This mm-hmm. is Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is the demon we have to fight this week. There's yeah. no, there's no point to this episode. I did pitch a way to change this episode. Um to make it matter but i don't know if we want to talk about that here or not because the next episode came out and i'm happy with the direction they're going but do you want to sure to hear my thing yes so they a way to fix this episode easily would have been to allow them allow them to be successful and get away with one of the shipping containers and have some sith stuff in the container like sith artifacts oh yeah and then and then the whole we're free, no we're not free becomes like oh we're absolutely not free because now we're being hunted by whatever the Inquisitors or the or or Sidious or some agent that is Ochi a Bastoon who's trying to like get back all of this shit that they accidentally stole. Mm-hmm. And they can even take it back to Sid and Sid's like, I don't even want this yeah. stuff. And that and that would be that would be pushing it more in like the force direction, which I don't necessarily think the show needs to go, because um, I do want to keep it with like the, a more military style, like a team show. Yeah. But it would have been a way to, if you're gonna go bother Dooku stuff, he didn't just have money, right? He had other shit. Yeah. From, like training Savage and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought for certain that because of like you know that like um, Palpatine is in this. Like you, like you see him like addressing the Senate, that they would find something, that a random like data card or something that just implicated Palpatine in everything, and so that was going to be the big. That's where I, that's where I thought this was going, 
and just because it didn't that's not why I didn't like it it just I didn't I wasn't happy with it because it just didn't go anywhere right it, it turned out to be inconsequential right and inconsequential is fine but they they also made it inconsequential without any reflection of it yeah right yeah. it would have been it would have saved it so much to me if they would have said if if there would have rather than that coming together of echo and omega at the end which is good for their team if it was more like we're never doing one of these again yeah i mean it's fine to have a macguffin like the holy grail because at the end like indy has a little bit more faith he's re- and he reconnects with his father um but like here they didn't really other than yet nothing really happened um to where just like you're just like okay the it didn't the treasure that their pursuit of the treasure wasn't really what this was about it was about something else entirely and and maybe that was about like like omega but they really didn't do a good job of uh explaining that right it's like they didn't go too it's like they didn't go far enough in any direction right yeah it's like they could have they could have made the omega tension a little bit worse they could have made their situation a little bit worse they could have made their reflection on their situation a little bit worse but they sort of rounded it all down and it's like all right so what is the show actually about and the only thing the like tech doesn't lose his leg right he's not kind of like a robotic leg for the rest of the series right he's he's gonna be fine next week it's like this these episodes never happen and this is why the criticism of like you don't even have to watch this episode is circulating um i hope that's not true i hope we see fee again i think she's a great character and like i said she was on screen for like a minute and dunked on them so hard yeah i i I would have a hard time believing that that she would be just a one-off maybe not regular but like every now and then showing up yeah, she could she could show up in three or four episodes. And... I mean, she could show up in the next one and be like, "Where's my fucking money?" Right. Um, right. So we don't know. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. We should go on to the rating. Yeah. All right, set it up. Okay, so now's the time for our patent pending. <laughs> now's the time for our patent pending, Yubcast rating system. So how we rate. Uh, episodes uh on this show is a little different uh we don't use stars or numbers what we use is we use a character from star wars so a really great episode would rate something like a luke han leia vader chewbacca etc a really bad episode would be um i don't know like a, a dak a uh sleaze baganio or um like maybe like one of the mods from uh the book of boba fett uh, and not like one of the mods that has like lines, but one of the ones that doesn't see anything. Back, one of the background mods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe the, uh, the the like Cobb Vance deputy. Um. So, um, Matt, what do you give uh, this first uh, these first two episodes? As a whole, I'm giving them a Yarl Poof. Who's the guy in the Jedi Council with the head on a super long neck? Um, I always, I always wanted to know more about him, but we never really get to hear anything about him. He doesn't, 
if you want to know anything about your old poof, you got to go digging really deep in like reference materials and things. He doesn't have much of a much of an existence. I know he's in some High Republic stuff, but um, he's basically something that's there. <laughs> if he wasn't there, it wouldn't matter that much. But you hope something. You hope he does something cool. Okay, um, I'm ranking this as the the guy in kind of the cool helmet that uh, Leia pushes down the stairs at uh, in Jabba's palace. Um, he's kind of got like this weird cool helmet with like some tubes on it. She just like shoves him down the stairs, and he just kind of like falls over. He looks cool, but you don't learn anything about him or her, and and that's the end of it. So it's just like. That could have been really cool, but it was just some guy who got shoved down the stairs, and that's it. Yeah, I was going to look up what his name was, but... Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's a website that has all of the people named. I'm trying to find it. Bane Mallar? No, it's not him. Might be Bane Mallar. Yeah, Bane Mallar. Yeah, there you go. So, Bane Mallar. That's a good one. And you picked him because he's a background character? Yeah, because he... It looks cool, but it's not really used for anything interesting. Yeah, so we have similar similar takeaways from this episode. We wish it was something a little bit more, but uh, hopefully the rest of the season um, helps fill us out. And I think the third, not to give it away, but third episode, I think we both enjoyed uh, more for these reasons. Get a little bit more depth, a little bit more to the characters a little bit more background on what's going on with the clones so um we'll be back next time with that one the solitary clone okay actually it might be brock starsher um no brock starsher is on the skiff oh no 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 here it is it's De- uh because there's a picture of him getting thrown down the stairs so oh, attempted to yep. intercept both Leia in disguise and Chewbacca from entering. Also, was thrown at a wall in the base. Or black. There you go. There you go. Dualin. D O A L L Y N. Dualin. And holy shit, Bosk was there. Yes, Bosk was there. Oh my god, my mind's blown on that. Yeah, I've been. I really like this website because I've been using it to figure out what figures I'm missing um, mm-hmm. for my Jabba's Palace playset that I'm making. Um, but yeah, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good resource to see all of the background characters. They all have names and everything. We're not rolling dice this week because we're doing bad batch for the next several weeks. We don't want to run the risk of hitting an Ewoks episode. Maybe for punishment, <laughs> we'll do one, um, when we're done before we get back to Clone Wars. But, uh, if there's nothing else, Jamie, do you want to play us out? Sure. Okay. And just, uh, before I do that, um, just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we don't put really any money into this so word of mouth is what um what we go on and your pictures of you spending crazy amounts of money on battle droids so if you liked us give us a good rating um and uh, refer a friend if you have a friend who likes listening to stuff about star wars and if you think we suck first off fuck off but otherwise maybe tell somebody that you really hate about our show because fuck them right anyways Thanks for listening, and um, tune in, (laughs) whatever, download, for our next episode of uh, Bad Batch. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. 
Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da